0: Hey there, folks, Alex Lokes here, and welcome to Classic Camera Revival. Before we start, we're going to do a bit of a toast to all those people from within the CCR community who have lost someone either last year or this year. In memory of them, let's raise a glass.
1: Welcome to the Classic Camera Revival, coming to you from the Greater Toronto-Hamilton region of Ontario, Canada. If you don't have gear acquisition syndrome now, you most likely will by the end of the episode.
0: And we're back. Now, fully admit, this is not a regular winter for us here in Canada whatsoever. And I mean, there are some parts of the country that have definitely gotten their fair share of snowfall. But here in southern Ontario, it feels more like it's an extended November than anything else but that doesn't mean we can't get out there and shoot and even though it's cold and gray and dull and dark one thing that bill and i have definitely been experimenting with this winter is with color film and it seems weird coming from us because we are both very much black and white shooters so bill you've been getting into lamography metropolis
1: well i would i bought three rolls of Uh, The 2019 formulation of Metropolis 400 off my friend Dana. She was sort of clearing out her film fridge. And it was like, that's (laughs) sort of, okay. This is like, I tried it once before on 120 on a bright, sunny day. And it looked okay. It was just sort of like, yeah, it's a lamography film. It's got, you know, that, you know, Metropolis look to it. But it was shooting it on a less than wonderful day. And I I tried it first in my Roli 35S zone focus camera. For those in the studio audience who don't know what Thirty Five 35s are, they're one of the smallest compact sort of fixed lens zone focus cameras on the, on the market. And so, you know, the Zeiss Sonar glass sort of had a, a pen in it. And I shot it the weekend we did our december walk which was sort of again feeling like extended november but with even less light i loved what i got out of it and it was the subject combination of the subject matter and the sort of lighting which was kind of gross to be honest uh and you can see my examples on my instagram feed from that point in time uh or if you're on facebook Dial back to December and you'll probably see the my blog post updates that will, you know, demonstrate that, or just go to my blog, Bill Smith's Photography, and you can see it. And I also the second time I used it, and that was my zone focus. So I was sort of using my smart my iPhone as my meter in Sunny, I wouldn't say Sunny 16, more like Sirius Overcast F5.6 if I'm lucky. Uh, the second time I did it, used it, was Christmas Day. I met up with my brother, my niece and nephew. So before we went to drop the presents off at his place, then we just went to Chinatown to get out of you know my sister-in-law's way while she was prepping Christmas dinner. We just went to Chinatown for lunch and just sort of wander around. And I just loaded a roll of my Nikon F4, put my Voigtlander Ultron 40 F2 lens on and just walked with that. And I really loved what I got. It was very desaturated in some regards, but it was like the colors stuff pulled out. I shot portraits of my niece, a portrait of my niece and nephew, and even got a lovely shot of the neon palm, AKA the Elna Combo sign. And I've been quite happy with those results. I've got one roll, roll, uh, roll left of the 2019 formulation. And then I've got, six rolls of the uh lamography i think they call it the chrome 92 i can't remember it's in the fridge that's up for playing around with at some point um and other color film i've been messing around with is since still 400d i've been getting amazing results out of that and um and of course plain james uh fuji superior 400 extra 400 like the the OG stuff from Japan, not the rebranded Kodak Ultramax. Not that there's anything wrong with it, but it's, you know.
0: It's not Fuji.
1: <laughs> it's not Fuji. So I, it's not that I have a particular loyalty to Fuji. I just built a stockpile of this stuff before it went crazy expensive. So, yeah, I'm a black and white guy, but I've been messing around with a lot of color of late, And it's counterintuitive. Sometimes when it's the clouds are out, color may be the way to go.
0: And I totally agree, um, because I've been, I shot a couple of rolls of Orwo NC500 over the Christmas break, and it has really surprised me um, in two ways. One, how good it looks. Like, I mean, I've seen a lot of examples of it online, and it's looked pretty terrible, pretty grainy. But the stuff that I've been getting out of it, it definitely, there's grain there, but it's not as bad as what it looks like online from what I see from some people. What are
1: you exposing it at?
0: I exposed it at 400.
1: Okay. So the NC 500 is really a 400 speed film?
0: Yes. It might say NC 500, but it is 400 speed. It says so on the tin.
1: So this is a film where it went to 11.
0: I'm thinking that people are underexposing it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I probably wouldn't be surprised. Like I would probably even expose it at 320. Yeah.
0: Maybe, who knows? Either might way, with the Chrome ninety two, it gives a really interesting, very um, low contrast look, which again seems counterintuitive with the very low contrast light. But um, the colors are very muted, um, a bit of a greenish cast to it. But again, it's based on an old egfa motion picture stock that was used to film um, out of Africa.
1: Well. I kind of counter it it's like if, if it's a slight greenish cast greenish cast again colorists when they were working on out of africa probably got rid of the greenish cast mm. prior to come, coming up with the projection copies well um,
2: it, it probably didn't make that much of a difference like if you take a look at the at the data sheet and the 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 characteristic curves of the film it is a blue and green sensitive uh, mm-hmm. amount. So... Uh, it'll definitely pick up the greens, I think in low light situations, but I mean, if you've got a bright, you know, sunny contrasty day where you're getting very little green wavelengths, um, you're probably going to be okay. So yeah. shooting it in Africa is probably fine, but yeah, but I, I, yeah, it actually, you know, like if you look at the curves, I haven't actually shot it in the winter time, but, um, it's definitely, it's more on the blue sensitive, uh, side. So, you know, you're going to get a lot of good contrast, a lot of blue light in the winter time. So yeah
1: which is probably
2: why it's working so well
1: <laughs> well yeah it's sort of some of it's just experimentation and again i think what's getting a wee bit of greencast that can be solved even in the scanning process
0: yeah even, even... you can
1: knock that back a little bit do you see it, the preview going yeah that's what i want and then just get scan and off you go you want just... to minimize your
0: processing I, at the other end i just let the scanner do it thing silverfast 9 se does a wonderful job mm. and then color correction through photoshop was automatic
2: and it just wonderful yeah it nails it most of the time
0: yeah mm.
1: yeah and another film i do like in the black and white spear hp5 because you can push the heck out of it if you need to uh,
0: hp5 just wins no matter yep. what and how about you james what films do you like to shoot on super great well, days
2: uh well i <laughs> i on on gray days well you know gray days are kind of like meh but um let's talk about maybe what i like to shoot when it is a typical canadian winter, winter uh, even rather, than, rather than november 92nd 2024 which <laughs> is what it feels like right now um but let's assume you've got your sort of typical winter landscape very bright blue skies um white blanket of snow on the ground, very crisp, very contrasty, lots of texture in the snow that you want to capture. If I'm shooting color, um and I'm and I'm not shooting slide, I cuz I really would prefer to go slide first in the winter time and it's oh. usually Provia 100 if it's bright and I will oh. do Fuji Velvia 50 if it's a little bit shadier. Um, but for as far as C41 goes, for me in in my experience it's been Portra 400 that's kind of been the go-to for me um because of its wider latitude um hmm. a lot of the time it's you know I, I, shooting in the winter time is um it can be tough to nail exposure sometimes right because you know you're you're all, you're, you're all generally trying to overexpose by one to people say two stops i think two stops generally is too much um so for me it's generally between one one and a half stops um and that's just simply because of the way our camera meters work, they're metering to 18% gray. So something to bear in mind, in particular, if you're shooting black and white. But I find because it can be tougher to nail exposure, and there's a lot of tough to get um, or can be tough to get um highlight um uh texture and um uh, uh you know image quality, detail, that sort of thing, it can be tough to to get that. Um, in the highlight regions when you're shooting snow and, and I mean if you look at a really in my opinion cool really very well executed uh, winter landscape or winter photograph the snow is not just a white blob. Like you can see the texture in the snow. Like if there's, you know, like the, the, the snow is undulating or, you know, you're, you're seeing the, the under underlying landscape as part of the snow and seeing mm. the changes in value. And in order to do that, you really do need to get that exposure down really well. And I find that with color portrait 400, um, just being so versatile because you can push it, you can pull it, it's got a really wide latitude. So if you're just getting started in color uh, winter film photography and you can afford it, uh, Portra 400 is probably uh, a good place to start. Uh, in terms of black and white, I tend to keep my uh, uh, shooting to a lower ISO film. So again, I go to my, my, my favorite film, which is uh, uh, Acros 100 for shooting in the winter time and there i'm typically exposing between one one and a half to one and three quarter stops depending on on this on the on the scene and a lot of times i'll actually find myself bracketing those shots as well because it can be tough to nail nail the exposure but um yeah those are those are my go-to so my default is typically slide bright sunny contrasty day i'm gonna go with um uh, with a Provia 100 um, or or a, an Ektachrome 100 uh, but I prefer the Provia over the Ektachrome if you can still get it I've got a little bit left um, and then for C41 Portra 400 for black and white I keep it in a in a lower speed 100 uh, ASA um, uh, across and I recommend bracketing I recommend starting with at least a one-stop overexposure uh, when you're shooting bright snow. Um, and of course, you know, if you're um, winter scenes, there's a lot of like we were, we were talking uh, just in the previous segment about uh, wavelengths of light. So there's a lot of blue uh, wavelengths in the wintertime, um, you know, because the snow is reflecting up, uh, you know, 5000 Kelvin type light. You're getting that from the blue skies above you're going to get cooler images like so your cooler temperature um and hopefully cooler images too uh but um uh i like to warm those images up a little bit so you know you can you can either do that with a filter i typically do that in post i uh, i warm it up a little bit and i also do find that um uh, portra 400 comes out a touch warmer as well and so does ektar um in the winter time as well so another another film to try out would would be ektar and you know uh you know definitely the uh the uh, nc500 as well i mean you guys have had some pretty good experience with that so um which is now you've intrigued me that i now have to put that on my list and hopefully we get some snow and i'll be able to try that out but
1: well yeah with all that Uh,
2: blue light kicking around it might all
0: even be worthwhile to throw on a um even just a yellow eight filter for yeah. your yeah. for your
2: black and white film help cut
0: that yeah. down a bit
2: yeah absolutely yeah yeah, yeah. It, i i find like you know when when my one of my like my favorite style of image in the wintertime is when the sun is low in the sky mm-hmm. and it's got that sort of warm sort of i don't know i'm gonna say the word christmasy feel but you know like a warm winter's day. And like, I just, yeah, I, I've, I've, ca- some of my favorite images for winter landscapes is that golden hour because everything yeah. is golden. I just love that, that the way mm. that. Comes oh yeah. I,
0: um, Facebook reminded me today of, um, um, I think it was last year. It was a couple years ago. We had a, had a nice snowstorm that had, uh, come through and, oh, three years ago. Oof. and uh I I got this beautiful shot of um of down in McCraney Valley now it was on my D750, hmm. but just absolutely incredible and I am totally seeing that blue because the the sky was just nice and blue and just reflecting off the snow just oh man, I miss that
2: yeah, it's true yeah ah. Uh. Yeah, I, 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 just, I can't stand shooting in this. You know, uh, what does Bill call it? Uh,
1: extended November.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, extended November, or the whatever the pewter, the uh, oh, distressed pewter, distressed pewter. Yes, you're distressed, and so is the uh, so is the landscape around you. Sadly, but uh, yeah, um, but hey, that's you know also a good opportunity to. Uh, get your um, get your red filter out. Get your red twenty five out. Get some contrasty film out, and uh, you know, try or and you, find some contrast.
0: You could even try some high contrast developers. I mean, yep. um, Kodak D nineteen comes to mind. You can get that through the photographer's formulary or Flick Film. Um, they have their MQ nineteen and substitute D nineteen from formulary. Um, put that in with a high contrast film like say pan f. Yeah, just go to town.
1: Or Rolly 400 Ooh,
0: I think that would be a little bit much for that one. Uh that so I'm would be thinking yeah. at 200. Yeah. Yeah. But even um run it stock with some Pan 400 you might uh might get some really
2: good results. Yeah. For mm. sure. Yeah. Yeah, there's uh you know there's there's a lot it's certainly like every time you get unusual lighting conditions weather conditions it's a really good opportunity to experiment and um, you know see what you can do Uh, it's it's critical to uh, to definitely take notes when you're doing that as well Mm -hmm. by the time you get it in the soup you get it home if you're not taking notes then uh, it's very difficult to uh, to remember Um, you know which I guess kind of is a good segue like some of the things that you kind of have to think about as well when you're shooting film Uh, and it's really, really cold is camera selection. Of course, I tend to stay away uh, from my older mechanical uh, bodies just because the lubricants don't perform as well when it's really, really cold outside. And I'm really thinking about the longevity of those mechanical cameras and the effects of coming in and out of the cold with them, Mm. uh, particularly like regarding condensation. So um, if you are coming in and out of the cold, let's say you're out doing a photo walk um, and then you know, you stop in for the obligatory um, uh, post walk barley sandwich. Um, it's a good idea if you have a Ziploc bag um, or bring a Ziploc bag or even a shopping bag and then wrap all that gear in that plastic bag and seal it as best you can uh, because you want the condensation to form on the bag as opposed to the camera. So let the camera warm up in that sort of less humid um, environment, especially yeah. if you're. You know, going mechanical for me, um, I am not one of those, um, uh, hopefully no one gets offended, but one of those purists that just love mechanical film cameras and won't shoot anything else. Um, so I tend to go towards the side of electronics and I keep my batteries warm. Um, I just find they're a little bit more dependable, uh, in really cold temperatures too.
0: Yeah. I, I noticed even the, uh, my Nickermat FT2 um last week was struggling with the uh with that one bright really cold day yeah it was it was starting to uh starting to not be happy by that um by that 24th frame mm. yeah but, well, it's uh,
1: funny because i've had good luck with knicker mats and fm2s yeah. uh my Roly 35 i've taken skiing <clears throat> um Um, You know, typical winter days where the temperature is like minus five Celsius and throw in a windshield that'll take it down to minus eight to minus 12. You know, it's, but again, I think this past winter, I've been shooting a lot with my F4. I've shot in cold weather with my F5 and my F90X. But I, I think if you're shooting an electronic camera, make sure it's got batteries that are so damn easy to replace. I can't stress enough. And this is why I love Nikon so much. Double A batteries. Because, again, lately it's sort of like the more urban shooting than anything else. And there are plenty of shoppers, drug marts in the city.
0: <laughs> oh, I, I, I'm as much as I love to use the mechanical cameras, if it gets too cold, I will tend to leave them at home. Mm -hmm. and go for um, something like my Maxim 9 or my F5, Um, they're especially the Maxim 9, mostly because it's big, it's bulky, and it works well when I'm wearing gloves. And it takes a pair of CR123A batteries in the grip, Um, super easy to um, load in and out. I can additionally use four AA batteries or a 2CR5. If i want to keep it simple enough and i always make sure before i'm out in the cold i get fresh batteries into it like, exactly right away that's the first thing and then keep um a bunch of spares in the breast pocket of my uh parka and it's they keep them nice and warm so and it's very easy to switch back and forth and if you
1: speaking of gloves uh invest in a good pair of gloves uh there are specialty photography gloves for winter gloves for photographers where the
2: fingertips fold out
1: yeah the the index fingertip and the thumb fold out so on both hands so you can use it to manipulate the film advance and the shutter button but also if on the left side if there's a meter switch I bought a pair from Burlington Camera, and again, shameless plug. They weren't cheap. They were made in Norway. Uh, they, at first glance, they look like ski gloves, but they're as warm as ski gloves. But they've got the practicality for photographers, which is amazing. And I was, when I when Joan showed them to me, I just said, "Here's my money. What if you got my size?" <laughs> and sadly, they've sort of sold through for the season, so you yeah. kind of got the dregs at the other end.
0: Well I, I have actually a nice pair of wool completely fingerless gloves in my uh reenacting kit and they work on you know minus single digit days and mm. and I have a pair of uh just nice gloves from mech mm. and a thicker pair but again I need to be using those bigger cameras for those to uh exactly work. Like they won't work with my EOS three thousand it's just too small. <laughs> exactly
1: i think half the thing with winter photography it's like the gear we're talking about half of it's not even directly camera related or even like photo accessories it's it's like stuff like layering properly getting a proper winter jacket if you've got the cash i would highly recommend technical outerwear like if you can afford yeah. patagonia that's great but if you can't there's also eddie bauer and ll bean uh they make I, decent stuff my- too.
0: My winter coat um, is LL Bean, and it's going on like three, four years now that I've had this thing, and it's still in really good shape. Um, Mm -hmm. Nothing's falling apart. The stitching's intact. And yeah, it's about having that good pair of uh, that good base layer close to the skin. Mm -hmm. Um, And then a good set of pants, nice
1: socks. And a decent pair of winter boots. Like, I love my winter blunnies because I can walk in them for kilometers and not get fatigued from it or my feet will be screaming at me uh and <laughs> that's it's funny because a lot of people kind of focus on hey man what camera?" have you thought about all the other stuff because if you if you're not dressed kitted out properly it's not going to be a fun adventure no like i still remember that photo walk we did in the before times from Danine coffee to the rebel, rebel house, house. in the middle of a snowstorm and it was like minus 20 which is like the first snowstorm I've been in in a very long time when it was that cold and that amount of snow fell. <laughs> yeah,
0: and again, we were everyone who showed up. They everyone who started at Denine Coffee made it to Rebel House.
1: Nope, we lost nobody.
0: Yeah, everyone made it. It was great. There you go. And that one again, um, I had an F. My F5 with me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the fifty one point eight. Couple of rolls of Tri X, and then I had borrowed Boris's Kiev 19, and I had HP 5 in that. So I was basically taking the meter reading off my F5 and set the Kiev 19. The F5 lasted, the Kiev 19 froze Bail. up at about frame 30.
1: Eh, almost there. Yeah. Well, but for again... a
0: Soviet camera, right? You oh, I know. expect it to survive the Siberian Gulag.
2: Oh yeah, there you go. Yeah. Built, built, built in permafrost to withstand permafrost.
1: Exactly. So what do we, where do you guys like to shoot in the winter?
2: What? Like what? Where? Oh, where? Um, I like, to, I like to be in the woods personally. I like, I like landscape. Um, so I will find usually, I have, um, a couple, uh, lesser traveled conservation areas that I, I like to go to. Um, living in Milton being right in front of the Niagara escarpment is very helpful um uh, or helpful in in the sense that there's lots to shoot there's shoot there's lots of hiking trails um I like to go to Alora uh, as well uh, in oh, the
0: wintertime. definitely
2: um those that don't know Alora is a very quaint uh little village um uh, just on the outskirts of uh, of Guelph Ontario and just a really lovely they have a little old like a mill there and uh, i don't even know i guess it's the uh, grand river that runs through there
1: yep it's the grand river
2: uh so yeah uh, lovely lovely town um lovely people lots of places to stop and uh have a coffee have a snack um enjoy the local uh, malt beverage selection and a nice lunch you know some of the other things that you know i i like to think about in the winter time too that a lot of people don't think of is is really is camera and film handling um if you've ever taken a roll directly out of the freezer and um tried to load it you'll notice how stiff and brittle uh the emulsion can be and the same thing applies when you're shooting out in the winter time as well so you know if you're using a um a 35 millimeter style camera or anything that um, uh, it has a, a manual advance lever on it. Um, no, one that actually that you use with your thumb or I guess even one that you like you know some of the older like Barnack style where you're actually twisting the uh, the film advance. Just be a little bit more gentle than you normally would, um, because you you can crack that uh that film fairly quickly as well. Um and then if you're you know, because it's really brittle, the emulsion, remember is gelatin, um, you can crack the emulsion as well. Um so just something something to uh, to think about, and also uh, along with a nice pair of gloves, I find the 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 can- winter camera gloves that I have. I think they are made by Low Pro, the ones I have, and they're decent, but there's not very much insulation to them. So I I like to stick in, you know, you guys ever heard of those hot hands? Those little yes,
1: pocket uh, hand you can Get them. Uh, I've seen them at my ski hill pro shop.
2: Yeah. So I I like to use those uh, when I'm out shooting as well, because I find that like um, when I'm just kind of walking around and not shooting, my fingers get really cold. So I just kind of pull them out of the out of the finger holes or whatever of the gloves and, uh, you know, just warm them up in the palm of my hand. I find it uh, find it to be helpful as well. So. But yeah, that's what I, I look for. I like to um, in the winter time uh, if there's moving water. I like that as well too because I think it adds a sense of like dynamic um, elements to the image as well. And you can do um, uh, you know you can you can do a little bit of a longer exposure too to get some motion in the water. I am um, Bill. I think you were with me um, and Renal, friend of the podcast, who used to live o- around here has now moved to trois Um it was you were it was you me and him and i don't know if there was somebody else with us we went hiking up in hamilton towards um webster's falls do you remember yeah that? it yeah. was
1: like one of those weird midwinter melts but yeah while the snow was gone the ice hadn't within the valley and yeah. it just there was a point where the hike got so damn scary i just said oh, it, was, know, it was it treacher- was gone
2: yeah but uh, some of my favorite winter images are of that uh, creek that flow, flows through the valley there mm. uh, that I shot with my Hasselblad and um, uh, Portra 400. So mm. I was doing um, probably one to three second exposure somewhere in that range um, and just just love the images and the light kind of warm light kind of filling the valley there. So I kind of look for that stuff. Um you know sometimes when you're in in the winter time when you've kind of got that not quite blue sky but not quite gray sky you've got that sort of diffuse light but it's still warm and you're in a forest and you've got some water moving there's so many like that just adds such a different element um to the way the the photograph comes out so um try to look for situations like that where you typically I- wouldn't see in in you know normal or typical weather conditions
1: i used to have a spot in caledon uh in bell fountain bell fountain conservation area the west credit river going through you had the fake waterfalls i loved it when it got so damn cold the ice the waterfall stopped moving oh Oh, yeah yeah yeah
2: yeah.
1: yeah. (laughs) that was super neat and also there was a vantage point down in the valley at forks the credit where the west and east credit river met and you could shoot the west credit river the sort of rapids that was there and i had some interesting stuff with that sadly thank you covid times um bell fountain conservation area is basically a no-go zone in the winter and you can't park anymore on forks the credit road
2: no oh yeah that you couldn't park there for a long time but that didn't stop a few people in my experience in the recent years but uh no they just don't want you
1: to stop period i think it was because of over tourism in the spring and summer with the provincial park okay at the end in the end it's just sort of like okay i've got my shots worst case scenario i'm rescanning the negatives i have and try and pull some more out of them
2: yeah, beautiful area to shoot
1: it is but it's not the only and
2: uh no hey right in our backyard we have hilton falls as well oh. Uh just you know. have to be very careful on that one because it's a pretty uh hefty hike up yes oh and that's another thing too to prepare yourself <laughs> safety around winter time hiking with gear Um, When I had first bought my Fuji GX683, I was so pumped. I was so excited. uh, There was the first snowfall of the season or thereabouts, or at least the first nice fluffy snowfall right after I got the camera. So here's me um, not realizing that we had a thaw or not thinking that we had a thaw a couple of days before. So all this previous ice, snow and everything had melted to this Lovely sheet of ice underneath the fresh snowfall. And here's me, this moron, hiking up there with a big giant Fuji GX six eighty on a tripod, hiking up a steep incline, ass over tea kettle, landed flat on the back of my head, smashed the uh the viewfinder and the ground glass of the camera, hadn't even taken a single shot yet. Um, you know, ended up costing me another like, you know probably four or 500 bucks at the time to replace those parts without even hitting the shutter button yet. So be mindful of where you're going. Um, go with, if it's if you're unfamiliar with the area and it's wintertime, go with a buddy, use the buddy system. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, be mindful of what's under the snow when you're going, particularly if you're going landscape uh, photography, um, if you're doing that. Um, they on the paths as much as possible. Yes. Yes. So we have around here because we live close to the escarpment. Um, uh, there are lots of, uh, rock features with fissures in them. So big, you know, crevices. Oh, yeah. And if you're not familiar with where you're going and those things get filled with snow, like you can be dropping down there, like, you know, 20 feet, like at, at minimum you're breaking an ankle, um, so I'm, that's I'm, your
1: best case scenario it's more like shattered pelvis
2: yeah there's uh you no know uh, death yeah um yeah the uh conservation area by silver or is it silver creek and then the um limehouse so limehouse oh, is an area yeah. where you you really in the winter time
1: you gotta be you gotta be very mindful of your surroundings yeah you
2: really should know where you're going around there so yeah I just remember um, when
0: we did that Frozen Fingers photo walk at Hilton Falls and we were all scrambling up, and there I am with my crown graphic. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, ah, oh, I'm an idiot.
1: Mm. Oh, I remember, and it's not even winter, it was like late November. Somebody from TPM, uh, Toronto Photography Meetup Group, this is like getting on for 20 years ago, organized a meetup in Forks of Credit Provincial Park, and we shimmied our way down to the bottom of the valley floor so we could uh photograph cataract falls the climb back up scared the crap out of me and in hindsight so, yeah i think we should have used climbing ropes i'm like so another thing you may want to consider when you're in the woods with winter photography when you're dealing with ice sort of those sort of cramp um, ice cleats yep yeah you put on your boots that may be a useful investment Especially if there's Thank been you. a free spa.
2: Yeah. I could have used those that day we were hiking in um, in the um, Webster's, Webster's
1: Falls. Falls. Yeah.
2: valley there. But then
1: there's that jump that we had to do. And it was just like.
2: Oh, yeah. And and it was a drop.
1: And I just took, I just, it was like that assessment going, I'm too old for this shit.
2: Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, and if Meanwhile, Renal,
1: who's older than us and he's happily retired, it's like. I
2: can do that. Oh, um, yeah. I was just going to say, he's no. probably going to listen to this episode, so shout out to you, Ronell. You're still nuts and crazy as ever, my friend, so I <laughs> hope you're doing well. <laughs> now, I tend to stick to urban areas, mainly yeah. I, mainly this for, has the, been...
0: for the safety aspect of it, and you mm. can get, again, Aurora is
2: beautiful, Stratford. Oh, yeah. Um, Dundas. Niagara on the Lake. Niagara on the Lake. Oh, Niagara Falls, even? like yeah. You know? It's beautiful. Niagara Falls in the wintertime is gorgeous. So Yep. And as you
0: know, you, you might even be able to get nice and close by uh, going to the power station and going along the tunnel.
2: There you go. Mm. Yeah. If it's open this time of year. Yeah, I don't know. I have no idea. Does the Maid of the Mist run all year too?
1: No, I think it's probably seasonal.
2: Pardon me, Horatio Hornblower, if you're Canadian.
1: When did that switch over? Because it was always Maid of the Mist, and then
2: yeah i don't know when it. i that's what i always thought too and then i was there in i think 2022 and made of the mist was the u.s ship at the time i don't know if they alternate um and horatio was the canadian one or at least docking at the canadian side anyway
1: but if i'm shooting winter in the city i've always thought uh the distillery district was a fun spot to go to
0: yeah. oh definitely. definitely and
1: um yeah i sort of a, did a photo walk loop Where we'd start midtown, in midtown, and take the Beltline Trail for a bit, which is always a fun one as well. Yep. When you sort of explore the neighborhoods. Sometimes the downtown core, it's almost a little too much high-rise and concrete, but if you go into the neighborhoods, you get the the character, like the beaches, for example, Mm. especially around Christmas time, which is really nice.
2: Yeah, for sure.
1: And again, these are very Toronto-centric examples like Montreal and being out west will have their own gems uh, in the U.S. US as well. Old Montreal Montreal in the winter. Oh, Oh, I probably have a field day because I grew up there. Um, And even like some cities like Chicago, New York, uh, New York at Christmas time would be something else.
2: Oh, yeah. Lots of colors. That's Mm. that's where you're going to probably want to break out your uh, 800T when it gets a little darker.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's again, it's it's yeah, it's one of those. There's plenty of opportunities to play with, and uh, yeah, um, mm, I I think we sort of covered it.
2: (laughs) Yeah, lots to think about, and lots of opportunity to try something new in the winter time. So, yeah,
1: shooting in the city with color film.
0: And another thing you can definitely do in the winter, if you're not one to be outdoors and don't like cold, there's always opportunities to catch up on any film developing you have. Um, scanning your negatives. And if you have a dark room, just hide out there. Make prints. You got yeah, it. Right? I would do
1: that. But my dark room is in boxes. <laughs> and I have no enlarger. There we go.
0: Well, yeah, no, that that definitely cuts it. Um, Covers everything um as always my name's alex lokes shoot what you love with what you love on what you love and don't be
2: afraid of the snow hey this is james lee get out there get your fingers cold do something different think about your light conditions and um have some fun and um if the snow is yellow don't eat it
1: (laughs) oh you stole that one (laughs) hey this is bill smith don't forget to layer carefully do your research on where you're going stay cool Metaphorically speaking, shoot tons of film, you know, expose the, and expose it properly. You're here.